Hi, welcome to the Still Telling It Like It Is program. I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And I am really uh, excited about this particular program because being a doctor in psychology, you know, um, a lot of times we don't talk about things that have to do with the mind, the emotions and all of that. But I have my friend on here who is an apostle, who is a doctor in theology and methodologies and, and leadership and all these other things. But he also is a coach and he's also has a lot of information uh, uh, in this, in this field, in my field. So we communicate in this manner. And so and he just loves to read. He reads everything. I think he reads the corners. I think he just, I think he took something, he reads the corners of things and stuff. But anyway, so uh, invite your friends, invite those that need help, uh, that would love to be able to get some things in order to be able to change their lives. And be, uh, so now I'm going to invite on, you can tell I'm excited. I'm, I'm stumbling over my words. Come on, Barry. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Dr. B, thank you so much again. We started last week talking about the need and the change for leadership in this hour. And we were talking about uh, just kind of warming up to some of the problems that we've been incurring and and the call uh, to leadership and how that so many people didn't have developing time in which they kind of left off from from joining their two sides of ministry together and becoming one as a person. Um, and, and that being, you know, well, if I did that, then people would see this part of me and all that kind of stuff. Some of that is us getting mature enough to, to where all that stuff's not so big. It's not a problem anymore. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and I could give real practical examples, but for the sake of the tenderness of the issue, I'm going to move forward and just say, apply that as it may. <laughs> but, and we kind of left off where we were talking about emotional maturity and the fact that many people didn't allow that time to where their message aligned with the man, with the person, the person, you know what I'm saying, doc? Not, you know, <laughs> the person, the person, they aligned together. And now you can pick any part of it and it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You can over here. Whoop, what about over here? Okay, well, let's come down. Well, that one too. They're all producing the same fruit. It's not two trees, the tail of two trees. Maybe we're still in the garden. Uh, hello, Eve. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I just opened up. I need to keep moving. Okay. Um, and then the issue we talked, we got on the deal about emotional intelligence because you know, we understand, we use that term. Now, there was years ago, uh, it was 10 years ago, maybe a little longer, uh, there was a book that came out called Emotional Intelligence, which it had always been a part of scholarly studies, which I know you know about. I, I learned about it also in college and had to study about it and realize how inept I was at it at the time. And, and it didn't just resolve overnight, but it took daily application that's picking up his cross daily and walking after him that's who i am that is how i am nasty ugly and inability to communicate your feelings is not just who you are that's who you are as a raw undeveloped person but not who you are but do you expect me to ever be like no no nobody's nobody's telling you what you have to be like you be like you but be a mature you 
you know, I am mature. No, you just, just the way you're saying that you're not mature. I mean, you know, and that's emotional intelligence. Here's the definition. Emotional maturity refers to the ability to manage and express one's emotions in a healthy and constructive way. It involves being self-aware, having self-control, and being able to communicate effectively with others. Now, I know I said, if I was I to break this down, I talk about components to emotional maturity, and I won't talk about all of them, but I'll just throw them out there to people who might be interested in understanding. Number one, self-awareness. Number two is self-regulation. Number three is empathy. These are emotional maturity. Uh, number four, effective communication. Number five, problem solving. Number six, a positive outlook and perspective. And number seven, resilience. Number eight, mindfulness. Number nine, a growth mindset. And these are things that I had just jotted down on break real quick that came to my, my mind that I had learned throughout it. You might be able to add other things or might put them in a different order, but they're all basic. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You said some things that as you were, as you were going through these things. Yes. You know, we work, um, I'm a doctor in psychology, but yes. I'm also an apostle. Yes. I'm an apostle and then I'm a doctor in psychology. And in what I teach, in what I live, they merge. Yes. They're one. I'm one. Mm -hmm. I'm not this and, oh, I do this. Yes. It's all a part of this being as a kingdom citizen, as mm -hmm. a son in the kingdom. Yeah. Self-regulation. I really, these are things I really want you to hit. Um, okay. Effective communication. <clears throat> And it all goes into this emotional maturity. But yes. I also want you to give some examples of emotional immaturity. I want you to give some examples. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm throwing you too. That's why we're still telling it like it is. What you see with me is what you get. I don't care when it is. And, and, and you know that there, we've disagreed on stuff and we've gone through things, but it didn't change anything. It didn't change us. Why is that? Because we got to the place of effective communication. Is that correct? It is. We yeah. have to. We have to. And, and effective communication. Uh, let me. Can, let me say. Let me. Since we're going down this route, let, let me. Let me talk about number one first, and let me tell you why I put self awareness first. Because self awareness is basically this. It, it's the ability to recognize and to and to understand one's own thoughts one's own feelings, one's own behaviors, as well as how that impacts oneself and other people. So when I talk about self, that's why I start with that as number one. People are like, oh, self-awareness. Yeah, I'm aware. Oh, no, no, You might be surprised at how many people, while they're talking to somebody, the person is making faces, don't believe a thing they say, and then they come over to you and say, yep, I just had a good talk with them. They loved everything. That, and, you know, they agree. And the people watching are going, did you not look at, you were looking at them. You know what they were looking at though? Outside, they their head was focused. Internally, they're just looking at what they wanted to say and do. That's, that's emotional immaturity in communication. That is a lack of self-awareness. 
because you're so blinded by your own ego and your own objectives. And, I mean, and listen, some of you, some folks don't get out enough in a real world context. So, you know, they just tell people what to do in their little world. And their little world is a very little world with very little people in a very little world. And, um, and, you know, and so when they get in outside of all they can do is judge it, but they're judging people who got problems just like they do, but they're doing more. Self-awareness would cause you to say, well, I seem to have a different perspective on consecration than they do, but how do they do this? Because they know something I don't know. And if I go in there being haughty because I don't like this about them, then I'm not going to learn much. These are just basic things. We're not even talking about the Bible yet. I mean, we're just talking about self-awareness. And self-awareness, let me let me say this too, I'm on self, self-awareness because it's a big deal to me because, you know, it's something that you really have to learn. Self-awareness is an essential component of emotional intelligence. And it's considered a key aspect of personal growth and development. I just jotted down a couple of thoughts about this on the break. And it says, it helps individuals to understand their strengths and their weaknesses, as well as their values and beliefs, which can guide their decision-making and behavior. It also enables individuals to be more empathetic and understanding of others, as they can better recognize and relate to experiences in others. How many times have you been going to... I'm, I'm, you know, this person, you got a good, lively conversation with them. You know, you can talk with them that way, but uh, you get in a meeting with them, you get face to face with them, or you, you get on the telephone with them and you can just see in here that they're hurting that day. And you're like, "Mm, okay, let me pull back a little bit and just take this. And if I can get that in later, I will. But if I put that on them right now, I can tell I need to help them relieve their burden first. Then I'll put this on them if if today works out. I may have to give them a little break and we catch it on the next round. And you never say that out loud. You're just being mature, you know. And but I'm I'm so I mean, I know people that won't even you could send them 500 texts. They won't even click that they got your text. No matter what you ask them and tell them or say. And this is just a small example, but by God, if they send you one and it's general and you don't respond back, they're going to come at you like fire and heat, you know, and, and try to assault your character over it and all this. And I'm always just sitting there. Thinking, so the only time you answer me is when it concerns you. The rest of the time, you don't care. So that next time you wonder, that's why I'm not answering, you know. So, you know, it's like, but those are just one of those things, because if I can't talk, if I bring it up, but all I get is knocked back, well, then that's where you got to understand healthy boundaries too. You still love people, but you just move right. You like a, you see a, a bullseye, you just move out of that first ring and move to the next one. Cause it's like, no, look too close there. You know, that's why I didn't mind that six foot difference in the spirit anyway, you know, that we're having. So, you know, when I talk about this, self-awareness is critical. That's why I listed it first. And, and through self-awareness, then we go to number two, and that's self-regulation. Now we understand how to regulate ourselves. Just the same way if we're doing preaches somewhere, you know, we, you know, if I'm talking to a bunch of secular people on leadership, I'm, I'm going to stand, I, I stand different. I move my hands differently. I interact a little bit differently on it. 
I mean, I'm still myself completely where that's where some people try to tell, well, you have to be this whole other persona. I'm, I'm not doing that. That's not healthy. Multiple personas for whatever reason is not healthy. It jacks you up inside and it causes you to not know who you are or what you are. And then you mix with all those beliefs of other personas that you put on when you put on that, that emotional psychological suit. Lord Jesus, <laughs> we, we could get on into some psychology right now. I can feel it, but <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, I don't have no doctorate in it, just a master's. But, you know, and my, my focus was on social migration. I was always interested in what made people move and how they moved and why they didn't move. I mean, as a, as a people or people group, why do they migrate? What do they do? What are the social constructs that cause someone to move or not to move? Which I didn't realize when I was doing it. Why, what an effect that was going to have on me on trying to get people of God to move. So anyway, uh, but it, it not only applies to us here, but then it simplifies things like it in this big chemistry formula. It's just, well, when this, this, this one is aligned, then this is happening. No, it's not that way. It's got to be this big woo, woo, woo thing and all of it. Uh, okay. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to go over here and do it. So, you know, and then when you come ask, I'm going to tell you what I just told you and why you know, it's like so crazy. But self-regulation refers to the ability to manage one's thoughts, one's emotions, and behaviors in a way that is socially acceptable and appropriate for the situation. Now, you know me, so I stretch those limits, but I also recognize when I get to the edge of one, you know, because if you don't have self-awareness, you can't. So I usually, that's why some people say, you know, right what you're doing. I went, I did. I went right to the edge and then come back. But I did it for the purpose of pushing on a point, you know. But then you got to come back to center. Center can't be agitating, pushing, thrusting, irritant, mad, honorary, fighting spirit constantly. That's not self-awareness or self-regulation. <laughs> self-regulation involves being able to control impulses. Delay gratification <laughs> and resist temptation. That's self-regulation, just parts of self-regulation. But in context to emotional maturity, it's considered a key component in personal and professional success. It's often what separates people that are able to move forward in anything from people that aren't. It's just merely their ability. Some people cannot get up in the morning no matter what, unless it's a, what's that cyber uh, Thursday thing where everybody goes out after Thanksgiving? I don't even know. Black Friday. Black Friday. Day. Yeah, sorry. I don't, I ain't, I'm not, I wouldn't do that. But anyway, you know, but be, oh, now all of a sudden they can get up early. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's, a, now you, I mean, people, we, we, we're motivated by what we're motivated by. And, um, and, and we do what we want to do. And I often don't want to get out of bed. I often don't want to do different things too. I might stretch it a little bit because I have the ability to adjust my schedule. But the point is I still have to get through that checklist or at least the major things of it that day. Why? Because as a person, as a person who was left to till my own garden, help me, Jesus, you know, you know, and you don't think, you don't think God's concerned about your garden. That's why he met this whole thing started in a garden. And that's why it was a gardener who came up on the tomb. <laughs> he, they thought he was a gardener. Remember they thought he was a gardener because he had been tilling the soil. <laughs> 
of sin, hallelujah, and redemption and stirring it up for fresh fruit to come alive, hallelujah, and out of dead things came life. It also allows individuals to set and achieve goals. You know, uh, when we when we have um, self-regulation, then we understand what we're shooting for. It's like this. Let me tell you something here. Okay, now I'm going to talk about a spiritual mystery, but it's something you'll understand. Um, in a service, most of the time people don't understand. I remember when I when um, I used to, at a point in my life, in one of the churches that I pastored, I had a bunch of big name people come in on a regular basis and um, had great favor with them because of things I was doing and the spirit I was in. And so they would just gravitate to me and 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 come and minister to me and things of that nature. <laughs> and, and it was a big help. So I also realized I remember I'm sitting in a service and I'm and and Lester Summerall was there for three or four days in the service. And and I could tell by the the last day he was a little irritated. And I thought things were going better than ever. First couple of days we were working out bugs, you know, with his personality and his style and things he wanted on the spot and things of that nature, just being honest. And and you know, we had, you know, we had DAP too, and you know, it was great. We have no problems with that. I, I want him to feel comfortable and do his deal. And I know that bothers some people. I don't care. Some people don't understand the anointing. That's a whole nother thing. And I'm not talking about prima donnas and all that, but when people know how their anointing works, they know how their anointing works. And if it works when you do it like that, and then you want to you want to do it a different because you don't understand it, you're the problem. Anyway, so just to get that out of the way, you're the problem, not them. If it works when they do it that way, then why would you be trying? You sound like the devil trying to knock them off what God's given them, you know? And then you'd rather have less because you're in control of it. Ooh, Jesus, this is a lot the same thing. So when the spirit of God would be real, real high, you know, our guys would get up there, including myself, and we would feel the difference in the anointing and we would take off in it all the time. And the very last day he was there, he said, I want to talk to you. I said, oh, we got a nice day. Nope. If you knew him, that's how was. Nope. I want to talk to you now. Oh, great. Like, I have no clue. I'm thinking, is he seeing something in me I don't know of or what? I had all this deep. He began in the back room and he said to me, he said, that anointing's there because I brought it. It wasn't me. It, it, it's the an, an anticipation that people had for being here. You used 45 minutes of my time showing off. If you don't have an anointing of your own to show off in, then don't take mine. And I was like, what the heck? I mean, I was like, holy moly, but it went down to my, I saw it when he said it. I felt it when he said it. He goes, you're just so happy to have, have a little water to swim in that you jumped in my water. I made that pool. And I, I said, you know, it offended me because the way he talked, I'm like, you, you didn't make my, and, and I even, I had a look on my face. He goes, you know what I mean? He goes, I'm not talking about me. But I'm saying I came here. People came with an so that pool was here. I needed that time, and I was going to do this, this, and this. But I just stopped it when, when it was time and gave it back to you because you got what you wanted. You got to show off today. Hope you feel good, Jesus. But it taught me a lesson. I learned from then on out that he went on to explain to me. Not not right then. We went eight. And then I took him to, he told, I want you to take me home. 
was late too. I was hoping to go home and let the armor bearer take him because he was south, you know, and in San Diego, it was just traffic. You know, I'm like, oh God. But I took him down to where he was staying. And then he said, we sat in the lobby for another two hours. And he went through this thing. He said to me, he said, here's the deal. When you feel the atmosphere from your, 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 your praise and worship and you leave on that high, you continue with the things that you planned and you guys learn how to ride it. Don't stop it. Just ride it through the next function to the next function. Don't stop it. And if you don't have someone mature enough to do that, get them out and somebody, but don't take over it. Don't hijack somebody's anointing. Don't hijack an atmosphere that is here because of them being here. Because all it does is it'll, it'll strengthen your church. And then when I'm gone, you do it. You carry it at a higher place. And even if you can't carry it up here, you'll be able to carry it up another notch or two higher and you'll have a goal to work towards. And he says, and then, and, and another thing you want to do is when it's that way, you don't add extra people, extra prophets. He goes, all the prophets will get stirred up. No. You know, hey, no, no. He's no, of course they're stirred up. The spirit of God's in the house. They should be listening. Now sit down and listen. <laughs> He's like, that's how you make the impact. That's how you can make an impact. But you're trying to make the impact when you don't have all the goo. I mean, that's why more things will happen in these four days than you've been able to do in a year. It'll turn, it'll change concept because you prepared for it, you gave for it, you opened way for it, and you didn't taint it with yourself or your other ministers didn't taint it either. He's like, that, that second day, when your song person felt the Holy Ghost and they took off singing for the next 30, 40 minutes, he said, I almost left the building. He goes, because it, I realized how you didn't have enough sense to govern an atmosphere. And I'm like, Jesus. That's why I say, my people are spoiled people today. They don't know how to listen. He wasn't rebuking me in the natural. He was instructing me in the spirit, but he was, he was charging me. So y'all read those scriptures. Well, most of the new version says he encouraged them. And then what charge means, <laughs> he commanded them. I command and teach other versions say all through Paul would in Timothy and Titus, I command and teach and I charge you, you know, before the brethren, before, before the Lord Jesus Christ, whichever text, I mean, he's, Boom, boom, he's speaking, he's imparting, he's, uh, uh, you know, I'm not just having a gentle discussion here. I'm, I'm trying to inject something into your spirit while I'm talking to you. But, you know, I realized my emotional, see, emotional maturity, that's not a subject. That's what I'm saying. That emotional maturity, yes. Here's what, here's something I heard. He was not doing control, controlling correction. He was doing compassionate correction. Direct, because yep. com, compassionate correction is always very direct and very sharp. Yes, it is. Because it cuts through yep. into the book. In, 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 into, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true, but and the reason I t I use that as an example was because my emotional intelligence as a minister following the Spirit of God needed to be developed. 
So there's natural parts of our emotional intelligence that need to be developed, you know, like managing stress, controlling anger, frustration, you know, resisting distractions, <laughs> making healthy choices related to food, exercise. Those are natural things. But in the spirit realm, it's like, folks, I remember, same thing at the altar calls. I remember when I was, you know, well, the presence of God is just so strong. I don't want to do nothing. And I would have those because I, they would be like big name folks, Peter Younger. And if you remember him, he's old now too, but he was huge in Canada. He ministries all over. Ulf Ekman, when he was, you know, pumping, you know, and those guys were the ones that would come down, Barry, you know, Ulf Ekman, Barry, what's the matter? You know, what are you doing? Don't touch it. Don't touch He's in the altar call, you know, and he's like, why are you doing nothing? You know, they're telling me like, you're doing nothing when the air is strong, what was your intent? Do what you were going to, now it's anointed to do it, but your emotions or your flesh isn't accustomed to the presence of God enough yet to where when the strength of God's presence comes on, you can't stay standing. I'm like, what? Stand underneath it and minister until you legitimately cannot move. Don't say, well, I couldn't stand. And, and it was just a beautiful feeling. And you sat down for five hours and all the drunk people left drunk. You know, instead of recognizing when the anointing's there, the anointing comes to do a work, let it work. Anyway, whoo, Jesus, that's another one. That's a whole nother one. But I had several guys talk to me about that because I was reading that Pentecostal charismatic thing to where it sweeps in and everything stops. I didn't, I had to learn how to keep to carry the kabod and move forward, not just stop and go, but carry that. Now, what do we need to accomplish? And when it's thick like that, it causes an impact that you can't get in, in preaching. The year of preaching, it'll cure it in a moment of ministry under that type of environment. Bam, it's done, it's settled. People are, I have seen people shifted about finances went under in a great anointing that was just swept in there in praise and worship. And you've been battling and you've had you met preachers come in. It ain't budged, but then that unusual anointings in the atmosphere that day. And you preach under inside of that and make an altar call inside of that. It's a whole different story, a whole different story. People are weeping and snotting and changing and throwing bills on the altar. And, you know, I mean, where it almost looks funky. I mean, I've had moves in the spirit, and I know you probably remember years back, but I had one of those moves in my spirit where during my preaching, people just started walking up front and put, and they didn't see it. They, I had seen it. They had never seen it. But I was like, wow, that was spontaneous. Like, and, and, I, and the Lord told me very quickly, he said, don't talk about it. Don't preach about it. Don't put it on the television show. Because I put everything on television. I put all kinds of things on television. But um. You know, and, and because I wanted it to be entertaining, you know, I wanted somebody to be like, okay, I'm going to click over because I don't want to watch a preacher, but I got to see what he does next. You know, because I'd be like, if you're going to click the channel, I want to tell you, you're going to see puke come out of some mouths in a minute and you don't want to miss it. If you've never oh, seen somebody get. Stop it, stop it, stop it. We're out of time. Do you realize? Oh, my goodness. Well, okay. I tell you people. We are, I mean, I, I know that you may not have heard Apostle Barry like this before, 
But on our next program, he is going to continue with this because this is something that the people need. And we are here still telling it like it is. He's been saying this for years, so it's still telling it like it is. And so Apostle Barry and Apostle Baker will be back next time, next week, same time, same station, still telling it like it is. Tell your friends to join in. Tell the ministers, those that are supposed to be ministers, to join in. We'll see you then. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Kingdom First TV. Your station for kingdom inspiration.